Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How you doing, everyone? Thank you for tuning into this episode of Ready to Record from Blue Girl Studios, proudly sponsored by VFX Unleashed, powered by Amarillo College and Simcore Productions. My name is Daniel the D3 Cohen. I'm your host, and I'm speaking to you from Blue Girl Productions' worldwide headquarters and studios here in my garage. I'm a 20-year-old aspiring musician, engineer, and producer, and like many of you guys, I make music out of my own home studio. You know, some of today's biggest hitmakers work from home studios, so maybe you can help one of you accomplish your big dreams. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to talk about our sponsor, VFX Unleashed, powered by Amarillo College and Semcore Productions. VFX Unleashed is a complete accredited online VFX school where you can learn how to have a career in the visual effects industry in classes taught by industry professionals. There are programs in all major aspects of VFX production and software, including Photoshop, After Effects, Maya, Nuke, Cinema 4D, Online, fully remote classes start every eight weeks, and a full VFX studio within Amarillo College's Innovation Outpost will open next year, which will have a state-of-the-art soundstage and motion capture studio. You can check out all that VFX Unleashed has to offer and enroll today at vfxunleashed.com. Thank you to VFX Unleashed and Semcore for being our very first sponsor. We are proud to have you. Now, let's get into the show. Today on the show, we have something very special, the long-awaited Nam episode. Let's jump in. We are here at Nam 2022 with Dusty Wakeman, president of Mojave Audio. How are you doing today? Hi, Daniel. Good to see you. I'm glad you made it down. We're grateful to be here, and yeah, thank you for your help getting us down. It feels really good in here. Everybody's happy and lots of energy. And, I know. Yeah. I think everybody's just glad to see each other. Hey, man, it feels like Nam again. Right, right. Speaking of which, you have a new product for Nam 2022. The MA37. So this microphone is David Royer's modern interpretation of the classic Sony C37A, which not everybody knows that mic, but people that know that mic, it's a beloved secret weapon workhorse. Right, this is kind of the coveted thing for the cult that knows who it is. Exactly. And that was that mic was mainly a West Coast phenomenon. It came from Japan, but in, in terms of the States, it was mainly a West Coast, like the Wrecking Crew era. A lot of those records, a lot of Sony C37As. So David loves that mic for the headroom, for its ability to handle sibilance. It, it's really warm. All of our other mics are more like German-based designs. They're all David's interpretation, but they're all based on that school of mic design. Sony did something different, and I, I like to tell people it's kind of halfway between those and a ribbon mic. 
It's warm and lush and great at handling sibilance or cymbal shrillness or anything like that. Plus, it'll just take a beating, ton of headroom. You could put it on a snare, toms, kick drum, guitar amps, and people are loving it. So, we're, yeah, we're having a blast with this mic. Well, I know certainly a lot of the records that I can think of from that L.A. Wrecking Crew, Beach Boys era, that was all C-37s that I could think of. And certainly, certainly I was excited when you told me, you, when you were on the podcast, you were telling me about this, because right. this was in, the, you had one prototype right. at an undisclosed location. Right, right. Well, we've since launched the mic and gone public and uh, just having a lot of fun with it. And it's not it's fun for me because it's different than our other mics. Right. Our other mics are Desert Island mics. You could take any one of them, leave it up every day, and have it be your main mic. This is more of like a, a connoisseur grade. It's a special color that you break out when you want that specific thing. Kind of like a ribbon mic. Which David is very, very, David very knows well. Think about ribbon mics. Yes, he does. <laughs> just, just, yeah. just a little bit. Well, he's wanted to make this mic for ten years, and we just finally got around to doing it. So we're having fun. Now, when I think of David Rory, I don't think of him as a, a guy like us doing bass and drums and electric guitars and things. He's very uh, folk music, classical, that sort of thing. Right. He loves classical music. He loves especially like e Eastern European ethnic music, folk music. He used to do dance. He, when he was a teenager, he was in those dance companies. That the Eastern so I've heard. Yeah. yeah. And uh, David, in fact, I've learned so much from working with David. His thing is, is live, a stereo pair, capturing a live performance. That's what turns him on. He's not into that whole, like, okay, let's get the drums, and now let's overdub the bass. Right, let's put 11 mics on a drum. Board. Right. He's like, let's uh, capture something with a pair of mics. So, in his, I'm, I'm sure he would probably uh, have a thing or two to say, but in your approximation, what do you think his dream would be to put this in front of? Oh, man. I don't know, choir, an orchestra, a big band, any of those things. Certainly when You'd he was... You'd have to ask him that. We should ask him, because I don't know. That, that would definitely be... Certainly ahead of time he was talking about how he enjoyed the C-37A on brass. Right. Oh yeah, they're wonderful on brass, because they smooth things out. Any harshness, you know, they're great for that. I know personally I've been excited to hear this thing on trumpet because it is a naturally darker microphone. Yeah, it's beautiful on trumpet. Yeah. Strings, violins, anything that you want to kind of, as Ross Hogar says, detoxify. <laughs> It's, right. good, it's a good mic for that. Beautiful. Uh, if you go on our website to the About Us tab and look at David, there's a little section, uh, I think it's called On Safari with David, and there's a bunch of his field recordings are on there of various different things from uh, like mariachi trios at Alvera Street to Indian music to Eastern music, bunch of interesting stuff like that. You can kind of get a feel for what his passion is. Very cool. Well, Mr. Wakeman, thank you for being on. Yeah, always a pleasure to see you, Daniel, and uh, have a good show. Got a couple of rooms full of goodies here, so I'm anxious to see what you gravitate to. Definitely. I'm here with David Royer from Royer Labs Mojave Audio. We're on NAM Day 3. How's NAM been for you? Well, it's been pretty good, thank you. Uh, seems like, well, I've been doing NAM for uh, more than 20 years, and uh, needless to say, it's 
slower than I've seen uh, in my life, but considering the circumstances, I'm not going to complain. Nor am I. This has been a really comfortable NAM. Now, you have a new product out, the MA37, which came out just in the last couple of months. Um, and I've been dying to ask you, actually, since, since I heard about it last year when it was a prototype. What was the impetus for your interest in the MA37 design, and wh where did your love of the C37A come from? Well, that's very simple to answer, actually. Uh, I was in my 20s when I first encountered a C37, and, uh, and it struck me as being a very sensibly designed microphone, and uh, uh, it struck me as being a, a very intriguing thing to uh, um, to borrow ideas from because, uh, let's face it, with a U47, VF14s are damn hard to find and right. and uh, 6AU6s in the uh, mid-1980s were readily available and cheap. So I, I found that to be very interesting and then with the, uh, with the circuit design, with the uh, C37A, with it being a cathode follower, uh, you could dispense with the output transformer if you were uh, basically using a tape recorder like a Revox G36 or an Ampex 602-2, and uh, getting rid of the output transformer would help you cut the cost tremendously. And at that time, uh, you could get the replacement capsules for an AKG C, uh, C460. Uh, you could get the capsules for around $180 each. And my first tube condenser microphones were uh, uh, built using those AKG capsules and uh, a tube circuit using a sub-miniature 5840 tube in a circuit that was uh, that borrowed heavily from the C37A and uh, that was back when I was in my 20s so the uh, the, uh, the the C37A design has uh, very very deep roots with with me and I had used a similar electronic circuit in the uh, Mojave MA100, which was a very successful Mojave mic, and I've used a similar circuit in the uh, the tube Royer microphones, which also have a, a pretty enviable reputation. And then, uh, and then about three years ago, I had four. Sony C37As turn up on my bench, and at that point, we uh, decided, hey, why not revisit the C37A, and then one thing led to another, and uh, uh, the result was the MA37. Gotcha. Now, you were building this in 2021, 2022 time, in the last couple of years, and obviously, there's some differences between what's available now and what was available 30, 40, 50 years ago, or even right after World War II when the C-37 was starting to be developed in the 50s. What, what electronics changes or concerns did you have when you were starting to design a recreation of the C-37 circuit? 
Well, uh, first of all, I decided I'd use an EF-86 because they're in current production. And I've used EF-86 tubes for years, and I knew that they were satisfactory for microphone use, and I knew I could adapt the Sony circuit to work with uh, an EF-86 and the uh, building a power supply for a tube condenser microphone is uh, pretty straight across and I did not bother to reinvent the wheel there uh, particularly drastically and uh, basically what I did was uh, I had the uh, I had the Chinese factory send me a transformer, a power transformer, and uh, I cobbled something together and tweaked around on it until I was happy with it. And I uh, had the factory build it, and it was pretty pretty cut and dried. And uh, as for an output transformer, I uh, I wasn't about to make one from scratch, so I. I, I got sample transformers from uh, from several different sources, and the uh, the transformer that uh, survived the beta testing was a uh, transformer from London. Interesting. Uh, externally, the MA37 power supply is rather different from what you'd ship with an MA200 or 300. Internally, how much do your power supplies share between the MA37 and say the MA200? Uh, well, the, the short answer to that is that uh, the, uh, the MA37 power supply has the output transformer for the microphone in it because that was the approach that Sony took with the uh, C37A and, uh, and I've done a similar thing in the past with other uh, microphones that I built where the, uh, the tube was being used as a cathode follower and I was running the signal unbalanced to a, an outboard output transformer in order to save space in the microphone. And uh, beyond that, the, uh, the power transformer for this MA37 is a, a heftier transformer than the one for the other Mojave microphones because uh, the uh, current draw for the tube is slightly higher. And I, I figured I'd rather have an overbuilt transformer for the MA37 than to have one uh, right on its ratings. And then beyond that, the, uh, the, the resistors and capacitors are pretty, pretty straight across. Uh, the, uh, the power supplies among the various Mojave microphones are not identical. But basically, with the power supply in a tube microphone, you've got a power transformer that gives you a high AC voltage for the plate supply and then a low AC voltage for the uh, tube heater supply. And then you rectify those AC voltages with diodes and then you uh, have resistor capacitor networks to, to smooth out the ripple. And uh, you, you can use any of a number of different combinations of resistors, capacitors, chokes, and perhaps uh, uh, transistors for voltage or current regulation. And uh, as long as you sit down and uh, 
uh, do the uh, do the arithmetic and uh, design a, a, a supply that has sufficient filtering, and uh, you don't uh, operate anything outside of its ratings, it's pretty cut and dried. Gotcha. Now, I've been meaning to ask you this. I talked to Dusty about this a little while ago. We don't, I don't think anyone who knows you or your work would mix you up to be a rock fan by any means. We know you to be more interested in classical music and uh, folk music of kinds. So I'm curious, as an amateur recordist yourself, what do you want to put in front of this microphone? I, I know you said off-mic brass, but what else are you thinking about when you think putting this microphone in front of an instrument or some kind of source? Well, I could certainly use it on a, any of a number of things. Uh, well, acoustic guitar, if, uh, if you have a somewhat bright-sounding guitar, the uh, MA-37 would be helpful to tame that. and It would work beautifully on uh, violins, violas, and cellos, or double basses. Uh, I, I would certainly be comfortable using one for, for using a pair of them for a string quartet or a piano quintet. And uh, I think they could be used very well on a symphony orchestra. Lord knows uh, NHK in Japan did some very good recordings of orchestral music and even televised opera with a whole bunch of C-37s. And uh, the uh, MA-37s should be just as good. Well, Mr. Royer, thank you very much for, uh, for your time, and I hope you had an excellent NAM. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye now. We're here with Havana Manley on the last day of NAM. How's NAM been? NAM's been rocking this year. I, I can't believe it. It's just so much activity, and I don't miss those other 100,000 people that aren't here. All the pro audio folks are here, and that's what counts. But you know, the beautiful thing about our side of this industry is we get to stay in this wing and not have to go to what I called yesterday hell. I tell you, when we used to be in the basketball arena, the roar from halls A, B, C, D was just so oppressive. And we were screaming all day just for all that noise. It's a lot nicer to be here in the pro audio hall. I know, very few people are getting Nam throat this year, at least here. Yeah, I've got lozenges for that. <laughs> you're smarter than most. Certainly you're smarter than me. These holes, when I've got my mask on, I'm like baking myself up with all the menthol. <laughs> I did that a few days ago. It, it was worth it. <laughs> it was. So we're here in front of a bunch of really cool uh, preamps and other gear of yours. What's, what are we showing here? Oh, we got a whole bunch of Manly gear here. This is an older unit called the Manly Slam. It's a very fast set of limiters, a FET limiter and an electro-optical limiter. The Manly Core was the first product in 2014 to incorporate our new power supply, the Manly Power power supply. And then after that, we came up with the Manly Force, which is a four-channel mic pre. Sorry, the Core is like a, a Voxbox Junior. It's like a, a combo unit, you know? A mic pre, EQ, compressor, and a very fast FET limiter. The Force is four channels of awesome mic pre, high voltage, high fidelity. This is an older Vox box here, and you can tell it's an older one with a linear power supply because it has the rotary power switch knob. 
all the new Vox boxes have the brand new power supply and they have the red push button switch. That's how you tell them apart. So speaking of which, here's a Manly Massive Passive here with the new power supply. And oh man, here's a variable Mew. We've been building these puppies since like 1995, I think. There's a Manly New Mew, which is like a little different take on the variable Mew. It's a little cleaner. So they're like, they're like brothers. Oh, and there's the new, new, new version of the Manly LOP Plus that has a compressor and a limiter in it. It's like an LA-2A type thing. Ah, and you know what? Something real cool I haven't talked about in this show. We came up with, you know, okay, LA-2As. They used to use an incandescent light bulb in a panel that would respond to the light and change its resistance. That's what they did in the old days. And then, I think in the late 60s through the 70s, there was a, a little device that used an LED and an LDR, light-dependent resistor, to do the same thing, but it was in a, a really small little package. So we used those for many years with our LOP limiter and the box box. But guess up, guess what? Those things dried up like you couldn't get them anymore. They stopped making them. So guess what we had to do? We had to roll our own. We had to develop our own optical cells. So we're producing those now. And uh, they're called the Deluxe Module. And D is for Delta, like Delta Phi. <laughs> That's an inside family joke. Yes, it is. So, when you were designing the power supply, I'm going to get very geeky here. What what was your criteria for a new power supply when when you when you decided it was time? Okay. How that came about was at these shows, I became friends with Bruno Putzis, who's one of the most brilliant audio designers on the planet. And he was working at the time for a, a switch mode power supply company. And he was also designing solid state amplifiers and preamplifiers with these switching power supplies. And he was extolling the virtues of how awesome these things are. So I said, hey Bruno, could you design one of these power supplies for me for vacuum tubes? Like, we need 300 volts and we need right. a lot of amperage in the heater rail and so on. So, can you like scale it all up for vacuum tubes? He's like, yeah, I don't see why not. And so I hired him to develop this awesome power supply for us that we now call Manly Power. So, it's been a, a total revolution in our world. I don't think any other high-end audio vacuum tube companies are doing this kind of technology. It's ours. But man, first thing, it sounds better, okay? Let's get that out of the way. But secondly, it's very flexible. You can travel all over the world and plug it in like you would a USB charger, you know, and not worry about blowing up your your linear power supplies. So it's auto-sensing on the input. And then secondly, it operates at like 125 kilohertz, something like that. And so it's well out of the audio range. So you have zero 60 hertz hum like you would with a traditional linear power supply. There's no hum in the units ever again. And, and it's lighter, it's more efficient, and oh my god, I'm so grateful to have 
Manly Power running all our new stuff these days. I'm sure there's there's many benefits to it versus a traditional power supply as you were just talking about. The one that I'm curious about is are you putting more power to the rails and giving more headroom? Was that uh, an ability that you were able to grant? The same, you know, we specified the 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 bigger manly power, well we have two versions, one has fewer rails on it, but the uh, we specified it from the onset to be a 300 volt rail. And it's easier to get rid of voltage <laughs> than to bring it back. So, you know, 300 volts, if, if we only need 120 volts somewhere, we can knock that down right. with other technology. Oh uh, yeah, actually there's a 150 volt rail on this power supply as well. As well as uh, 5 volt rail and uh, plus and minus 15, I think. And then plus uh, the 6.3 volts for the heaters. We actually got off the 12 volt heater thing and, and went to the 6.3 instead. So that's why when people were like, oh, can I take my older box box and will you change the power supply? It's like, eh, there's a lot of modifications you have to make in order to make the new power supply work with the old boards and circuits so number one is like the heater strings have to all be reconfigured you have to take all the b-rail filtering capacitors out and replace them with smaller cat you know there's a lot of changes it's not just hook it up and it works right as nice as drop-in solutions are I mean realistically you're getting way more benefit than a drop-in solution, right? Well, yeah, because when we, you know, incorporated the new power supplies into these older designs, we made a lot of other changes too, you know, layout changes and, you know, sometimes buildability improvements, you know, making things easier and faster to build so we could keep the price down because, you know, it's all still made in Chino, California, not China. And that's, ain't that a beautiful thing? <laughs> Well, I think we're what's good for America. I was I was just talking to my international sales director, JB, and uh, he was going over our Chinese export sales numbers, and oh my God, Manly Labs, we're what's good for America. We export a ton of gear to China, more than we have in the past 30 years combined. Seriously. So thank you, China, for your support. And... Uh, <laughs> I'll just say that. You know, so many people here are getting either assembly or parts from China, and here you are exporting stuff to China. <laughs> oh, we totally export more gear to China than we buy from China. That is a known fact. I'm here at the Austrian Audio booth, and uh, they have some new products going on. So, how are you doing today? I'm fine. My name is Philip. I'm from Austrian Audio. I'm product manager, and I have some exciting new products for you. Um, this is the OC16. It's a large condenser uh, microphone. Um, basically, people love our ceramic capsule that we also use in the other microphones, the OC18 uh, and the OC818. Um, still, those microphones, even the simpler version, the OC18, uh, was the only cutout capsule. Retail for 700, 800 bucks. We understand for some people that's a lot of money. Uh, so we said, uh, why not do this Vienna made capsule into a more simple microphones or we have stripped down the mechanic a bit to a more simple design, uh, stripped on the electronic a bit so you only have uh, the high pass filter with two settings, you have no pad which is not so much of an issue because the capsule is already ro very robust against um, loud sounds. 
um, and give it a simple spider, uh, and but still keep the acoustics, still keep this Vienna made capsule. So this uh, little baby here retails for $3.99, so really a bargain in regards to the sound quality um, and a very nice addition and um, a good starting point for people who search for high quality but can't afford the full price of an OC-18 or OC-818. Well, this is certainly a wonderful product for a lot of people. I know a lot of my target audience is just starting out and they want to get the best quality and best bang for the buck. So this is certainly a beautiful microphone for all of us around here. And certainly for people like me, maybe five, six years ago yeah. as well. No, absolutely. And I'm, I'm always um, trying to put good stuff in people's hands because I say if people, for example, they buy a very cheap large condenser microphone and then they listen to it and they say, hey, this doesn't sound much of a difference than my good dynamic mic that I already have. He's never going to come back and buy a, a, a real premium product. Right. If I put good stuff for affordable, I mean, for 400 bucks is still some money, but for an affordable price into their hands, if they at some point require all the other cardioid patterns, I hope they come back to us. Yeah, but uh, there's also more. We should uh, take a look at this. Certainly. So this is actually the OD5. The OD5 is an active dynamic microphone for uh, instruments. Um, why active dynamics? So it requires phantom power, but this has also has advantages um, because uh, we have here the high pass filter um, and this filter will sound always the same independent of the input impedance of your mixing console. Because if it's a passive version, it would alter the sound depending on the mixing console or preamp. We don't have that. Uh, also we have amplified the signal a bit so you don't run into any problems with long cables for, except, uh, for example. This is why we also have a pad here, so we don't override your input in case that you have a very loud sound source for like drums or uh, something like that. Um, we also have given it this nice little swivel joint here, so that you have the possibility to adjust the microphone to your needs, which is very handy if you have already set up all the stands and then you say, ah, I want to tilt it a little bit to the middle of the drum or more to the rim. That's very easy to do here. Um, the OD5 is the dynamic version of the instrument microphone readers for $299 and this is the condenser version. The condenser version has a small dryer frame true condenser capsule. Um, actually the capsule is uh, the same that we also have on the uh, CC8 um, that's already out for some time but we still made the whole grill construction uh, a bit larger so we have a good suspension here and it's really robust so this can take some hits from drumsticks uh, etc uh, in case they happen. Also has this nice swivel joint here uh, that rotates um, and uh, it also has the high pass filter and the pad. The pad on the condenser is really reducing the input voltage, uh, the, the voltage on the capsule uh, which means that the capsule is less sensitive then. Uh, that's a huge advantage because this uh, condenser mic can take up to 160 dB in sound pressure level with the pad. So that's quite something. So no kidding. <laughs> should, should not run into any problems at any time. No, not at all. Yeah, so we recommend this one um, basically for strings, wind instruments. Um, trumpet can be quite loud, for example. Um, but uh, you can also use it on toms. Um, some people like to put it on the drum kit. So very multi-purpose. Um, we also launched um, 
a handheld microphone. Um, not sure if you're aware of our handheld range already, uh, because this was released uh, during the pandemic. Uh, so, yeah, perfect timing, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stage mics in a pandemic. Yeah, nevertheless, that's what it is. We have a condenser uh, microphone, the OC707, um, our condenser microphone. Um, very nice sound signature. Uh, we have this open acoustic here uh, with this hole in here simply because it makes it a bit more difficult for the inexperienced user to cover all the back of a microphone, which ruins the cardioid pattern uh, and uh, also alters the sound a lot. So it makes it dif more difficult to cover it all. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible. If someone's really into it, he can do it, but it makes it more difficult. And you have a nice transparent sound uh, with this feature. And the OD OD505 over here is the active dynamic version. Um, so again, active dynamic, um, again with a high pass filter on the microphone. So you don't have to fiddle less with the mixing console if you set it up and with all the other benefits that you get from the active dynamic. If you want to go for a more simple product, and this is new, we just released this today. Um, that's the OD303, so that's the passive version. Uh, so you don't need um, uh, mic uh, um, phantom power. But nevertheless, we have not compromised on the acoustic. It's the same capsule. It has the open acoustic here. Um, and also, and this is very nice, we have designed a custom-made pop filter for our dynamic microphones. Uh, so this is really distributing the air. If there comes a loud pop sound, it distributes uh, and will not all go into the capsule. Makes it easier to get a good sound performance here. Yeah, these are the new products. When we were here last time at NAMM, we had two microphones and four headphones. Now we're here with 20 products. So yeah, quite something. Well, you know, I suppose that's the beauty of having a little bit of an intermission between uh, between NAM 2020 and now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, congratulations on all your product releases. Thank you very much. I'm here with Matt from Warm Audio, and we're about to talk about new gear. How are you doing today, Matt? Hey, how's it going? You having a good show? I'm having a great show. How about yourself? We're having a great time. We're really, really excited. You know, glad to be back, and uh, we're psyched to see all the people using our stuff and uh, get some great feedback. Well, certainly I'm a fan of your gear as well. Now, you have some new products out and it seems you have some good microphones out this year, so uh, let's talk about that. We sure do, yeah. I'm super stoked on this mic. This is our WACX12, you know, modeled after a pretty famous Austrian tube condenser microphone. Uh, when we when we came out with this microphone in our R&D process, we looked at the first original 10 years of production uh, and really wanted to dial in on some of the ones that have been considered, you know, kind of the sweet ones from some engineers and artists that we worked with. We're really excited to say that we are having a hard time getting them back because they sound so great. Um, I, they're my one of my favorite room microphones. Love it on drums. Love it a little bit back on guitar cabs. Uh, and of course, it's a great vocal mic. So, yeah. Wonderful. Now, when you were coming up with this idea, what 
what were your considerations for doing something like this? Yeah, so there's a few things to consider. We already have a 251 in our lineup, and those mics are sort of cousins, so we wanted to make sure that we capture the essence of what's different about a 12 versus a 251. Uh, it's also a nine-pattern microphone, so there's some versatility in the intermediate pattern. So, And you really, it's such a sonic legacy to live up to. You know, the 12-style microphone is uh, Mount Rushmore top four. Some engineers can't live without it. Uh, and we really wanted to do it justice by, by you know, kind of hitting that tone that's known to be like really natural, uh, the sound in the room plus maybe a little pleasant high end, and, we, and we're really psyched with how it sounds. Gotcha. Now, I was a technician's apprentice for a long time at a repair shop, so I'm, I'm always curious to hear about the internals. Uh, what kind of modifications have you made, being that this is a modern recreation of a vintage microphone? Sure. Well, in terms of parts that are available, we're really excited about our AMI output transformer. So that's, you know, coming from Tap Funkin' Work. And for those who don't know, essentially the designer of the original transformers designed the transformer that's in this microphone. So we didn't spare anything on that. And we're, you know, we every time we make a new mic, when we think about the tubes, we don't just pick one company. We hand select the tube based on the circuit. And we're really excited with the 12AY7 that we have in here. And we're always using premium capacitors from Wema and uh, you know polystyrene capacitors that are you know of the, of the highest quality so and I can't forget the capsule you know the heartbeat of the microphone it's our same CK12 style capsule that we use and the 251 and the and our 14 which is actually it's it's accurate because those microphones actually did use the same capsule back right. in the day so what we were trying to do is the other three microphones 14 251 and now our 12 are uh, related is a good way to say it. This one has its own unique character and we're really excited that we were able to stay true to how the original sound. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. We can move over now too. Fantastic. So this is our WA-47F. Uh, some warm super fans will know that we have a WA-47 with a tube in it and then we have a, a WA-47 Junior that is also a FET but with, this is our first uh, 47 style microphone that is um, with, that has a FET and a transformer in it because our junior is a transformerless microphone. So what's really cool about this one is that you know we started to talk to some studio engineers and folks who are working in engineering all the time and this is sort of like a secret weapon in the studio for kick drums, certain vocal styles, guitar cabs up close and because the 10 dB pad on the back when you engage that you can, have, you can handle SPLs up to 147 dB that's super helpful to get a lot of clarity and detail and to capture the fast transients that you want. So, killer kick drum mic. Uh, again, certain vocal styles really, really come through on this microphone, and I love pairing it with like a dynamic mic on the beater uh, to get that really huge sound. So, wasn't that the beautiful thing? It's a D12 and a FET47 is the go-to kick sound for a lot of people. Yeah, we've had a bunch of people using it on that. We've used it ourselves in our own studio, and when we heard that coming through the monitors, we're like, yes, that's the sound we're looking for. And actually, I like to tell the story in our R&D process on this mic we had some pre-release versions come out and you know we didn't on our first try we didn't nail the circuit on the first try and we got some people come back and say where are the low mids at you know and we went and tweaked it and tweaked it and we were fortunate enough to work with some awesome engineers who had some nice old 7071 models that were like you I don't I'm not sending it back you know <laughs> you got it right so we're excited about this one cool and then same thing as the last one what were the component choices for you guys this time around? Sure, so we went with uh, AMI again on the output transformer. And uh, you know, I'm, I, I should know this, I'm 99.9% .9 sure, but I, I, we have Fairchild transistors in this bad boy. Actually, no, I am sure, I wrote all that. There's actually, se <laughs> there's actually seven transistors in this, excuse wow. me, there's seven FETs in this microphone, and uh, five of them are uh, Fairchild transistors. And it's really, again, when you're going and you're switching
searching through uh, some of these premium components, it's about getting the sound of the microphone. Right. And, and you know, really it's about pleasing engineers and artists because at the end of the day, that's really what matters. What kind of results are you getting? What are you hearing through the speakers? So we're really psyched about AMI. We're really, oh, and our capsule. Man, I keep forgetting the capsule today, guys. So this is our K47 style capsule, very similar to the one we use in the 47 with the two, but it is a cardioid only microphone. So it's single-sided. Um, but again, for that focus tone, it's killer. Well, you know, like we were saying, a 47 is one of the secret weapons of audio production everywhere. Yeah. So, I, th I think this is a uh, this is going to be a really cool microphone, and I'm excited to check it out in my own studio. Yeah, man, we're we're really excited. Both our new mics, nothing quite like it, and uh, we're excited that we're kind of just expanding out, you know, outfitting the recording studio. So, yeah. Well, beautiful, man. I'm excited to hear these new microphones, and uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a great show. You too. I'm here with Terry Morton of Morton Microphone Systems, and we're here to talk about the Kicktone, their release for NAMM. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys uh, coming out and taking a look. Well, we're having fun at NAMM 2022. So, the Kicktone, it is a dual element bass drum microphone with a few different mounting systems. Um, what, what was the impetus to come up for this product? Sure, so I'm a drummer and an engineer, right? You put the two together and this is what you get. You know, so the idea behind the microphone was to create a solution with one mic rather than many mics. Um, when people see this, they typically look at it and go, "Hey, that's just another sub kick mic, right?" But here's the difference: a sub kick mic will typically sit in front of the of the head, right? Um, it's it's an extension mic. It's really used in tandem with multiple microphones. Our mic doesn't do that. It's um, it's going to sit in front of the head or the hole, excuse me, um, and it has a second transducer that's designed to capture the high frequencies, and then your woofer to capture the sub. So you're really getting more of a full range sound from it. Um, and of course, the big difference is that you're getting high SPL air movement through it. So the mic, as you can see, is designed with ports to to have that air flow through. So you're getting a much punchier sound than you would from like a subkick or a subkick style microphone. That's really the gist of what the microphone is. Right, really you're not getting just one thing. You're, you're not doing a one trick pony, you're getting the best of everything that you can think of when it comes to a bass drum microphone. Exactly, exactly. And you know, it's great on other sources that are high SPL and, and, and low frequencies. So a bass or you know, under say the low keys of a piano or anything like that. I could certainly see this as I as I've said to you before, I, I can definitely see this as a low rotor on a Leslie speaker covering the bass frequencies of that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. It can be used in a lot of situations. Um, I think one of the um, other things about it is the mounting, the, the multiple mounting options as well. We're piggybacking on an already well-known product called a kickboard. Right. Right. So we designed a bracket that would slide on top of it. So we're creating a stainless solution. Right. So I'll show you real quickly. So there you go. So you got a really easy mounting situation, right? So in a live situation, this is great because you don't want to spend a ton of time setting up a bunch of mics and having them move around and things like that. So you put this, it always stays there, you're always getting the consistent hit. Well, in a lot of ways, you could really just pack up your drum in the case with the kick tone on it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's see why not. I mean, you know, it's so it's very portable. It's very great, you know, in in live situations. So. Well, in studio situations too. I know primarily I'm a studio guy these days, and I I look at this and I can think, well, you know, how many times have you tripped over cables and stands that you wish weren't there, but you had to have them? And this, you've kind of eliminated the the need for a stand or three on a bass drum. Absolutely. The other thing is, is you're not blocking your logo, <laughs> right? Everybody needs to see your band logo or whatever on the head. On so the stage, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is pretty low profile. It's black. You know, if you got a black head, it just blends right in. So you know, we're not focused on that, right? So. Exactly. Well, it's a very cool product, and I'm excited to see more from Morton Microphone Systems. All right, man. Terry Morton, thank you for being on. Appreciate it. All right, have a great show. You too. I've had a lot of fun presenting this to you, presenting my trip down to Anaheim for NAM 2022. This has been a lot of fun to share what we got to see just a couple of short months ago. I'm sorry, technical difficulty has prevented us from releasing this for as long as it has been. But now we are back up and running and we are ready to show our NAM coverage to the world. So tune in next time for part two of our ready to record NAM 2022 coverage. For now, this is Daniel the D3 Cohen signing off from Blue Girl Productions worldwide headquarters and studios right here in San Francisco, California. We're ready to record. <laughs>